a young girl out for justice, a drunk one-eyed marshal, a tale through the old west, all this can only mean one thing. We're comparing True Grit on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. Remake. Cool. The podcast where we discuss films and their remakes. Join us as we explore the question, should this remake exist? Today's film is True Grit. The original True Grit was made in 1969, starring John Wayne, Kim Darby, Glenn Campbell, Robert Duvall, Dennis Hopper, and Jeff Corey. Directed by Harry Hathaway. Screenplay by Margaret Roberts. Music by Elmer Bernstein. Just some soundtracks that he did I thought were of note. Ghostbusters, Wild Wild West, and two movies we're probably going to have to do in the future, Magnificent Seven and Cape Fear. Also, Glenn Campbell, one of the actors, sang the theme song to True Grit that we hear in the opening credits. True Grit 2010, starring Jeff Bridges, Haley Steinfeld, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin, and Barry Pepper. Directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Screenplay by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Music by Carter Burwell. And both of these movies are based on Charles Portis's 1968 book of the same name. Okay, Reggie, what's your first experience with either film? First experience was for this podcast. Or, um, you know, if I, if I had seen either one of these films because you know there are so many westerns um it might as well be the first time (laughs) i know like true grit came out around the same time as um they were doing a couple westerns around that that era like i know they did like the 310 to yuma remake and stuff like that so i watched some of it but um i really didn't have a frame of reference for uh for either of these films Hmm. I never watched the original before, but I did watch the remake. I bought a bootleg version of the remake when I was at a bar after a few drinks. So this guy comes in, he's like, I got some bootlegs. I'm like, oh, let me see. So I got a nice bootleg $5 version of True Grit. And I think I only watched it once. And I didn't really remember much about it. So it was fun to rewatch it for this podcast. There you nice. go. <laughs> All right, now these movies are very similar, but before we get into a comparison, let's do a brief synopsis. Young Matty Ross's father was murdered by Tom Chaney. When the authorities fail to do anything about it, Maddie takes justice into her own hands. She decides to hire Marshal Rooster Cogburn, a man of true grit. While she tries to convince him, she acquires money, a horse, and meets Texas Ranger LaBeef. LaBeef also wants Chaney for his own reasons. He offers to team up, but Maddie refuses. Rooster Cogburn eventually agrees, but refuses to take Maddie with him. Instead, he teams up with LaBeef and tries to leave her behind. Maddie, not one to quit so easily, follows the two men and eventually joins them. They end up looking for lucky Ned Pepper, as Tom Chaney is most likely with him. Maddie and company eventually come to a house occupied by two associates of Pepper. They are told Pepper will be at the house shortly. They decide to wait for Pepper to ambush him. Pepper arrives and a shootout ensues. Some men die, but Pepper gets away. The pursuit continues. One day, by dumb luck, Maddie stumbles upon Tom Chaney. 
She's able to shoot him, but she gets kidnapped once Pepper arrives. Pepper tells Rooster Cogburn to leave or the girl dies. Maddie's taken to a hideout and is kept under the watch of Tom Chaney. Pepper and his crew go to meet with Cogburn. While they are gone, Beef comes and rescues Maddie. Cogburn eventually has a shootout with Pepper and his crew. Pepper is about to kill Cogburn when Beef saves him too. Chaney eventually comes to and knocks out Beef. Maddie shoots Chaney but then falls into a pit of rattlesnakes. Cogburn arrives but not before Maddie gets bit. Cogburn then races to get Maddie medical attention. It takes its toll on her but Maddie's life is saved. Then each movie has their own ending. Okay, which we will discuss. That we will. All right. So not too many differences, like I said before. So where did you want to start this comparison, Reggie? Well, one of the most obvious and immediate differences that that we see is in the intro of both films. So in the original film, you actually see the circumstances of Frank Ross's death actually played out. Um, He's talking to his family, he's telling them about his plan to go get horses and all this stuff. You get an introduction to Maddie there, though a brief one, and then we move on to, on his journey, Frank Ross and Chaney in a bar. Um, Chaney feels like he's being cheated at cards, and when he pulls him drunkenly out of the bar, he turns around and shoots Frank Ross. So we actually see him get killed in the uh, original film, whereas in the remake, it's it's a voiceover. Yeah, yeah what, the voiceover didn't uh, leave you all warm and fuzzy inside? Personally not, just because you're telling me about... Her father, which, you know, I understand someone being upset because her father died without having like a frame of reference or met him or even the guy that killed him. Because really both parties are being described there. I don't really have much to work on other than here's the protagonist, this, uh, this young girl. Here's what happened to her. But I think taking a little bit of time to actually show the scene went a lot further for me when it came to the original film. Yeah, I have to agree. I was a little surprised to see that the remake would started with a voiceover. I guess I had hoped that the remake would go a little bit deeper into the backstories of Maddie and her father, maybe expand on that relationship just a little bit more. I do like the original, how they you do obviously get an introduction to her father. Very brief, you don't really get much from him. But you get a little bit from Maddie. You see that she's sort of in charge of the finances of the whole family. So you see right away that she's kind of this strong young protagonist that i guess i don't think would be pretty typical back in the the old west you know so i like that introduction and i was really i guess sort of let down that they didn't want to go there with the remake they just wanted to start right away with or they wanted to start right away after her father got shot so yeah yeah it's an opportunity though a brief one like you mentioned to show some of what maddie's capable of and we'll get into that character a little bit more uh, as we break the movie down. But like you mentioned earlier on, she's doing like the accounting for the house. She's giving advice, which uh, you imagine there's not a lot of situations where like the daughter is giving the father advice in that Western setting. And, um, you know, it's, it's obvious very early on that she's very capable. And then also seeing how pointless her father's death was, how this guy he had taken in just turns around and shoots him for almost no reason, you know, other than he was drunk and frustrated. Um, It it then gives you insight into that character and shows you a lot more why Maddie thinks that he's a coward and why Maddie wants to see justice um, occur. Because this guy who, more or less, they were taken care of, 
stabs him in the back and you actually see that happen which i think it's a movie i'm always going to want to see what happened over you telling me what happened in general i definitely agree there i think the one thing i like about not seeing any of the stuff in the original with frank is that <clears throat> tom cheney is kind of this mysterious character and you kind of develop your own sense of what he's going to be and what he looks like and then you know obviously maddie has him built up in her head as this huge source of evil because he killed her father and then when you see him they kind of play with your expectations instead of being this big badass or anything near that he's just kind of dumb and pathetic so i like that you don't see him early so that your expectations are completely wrong of what he would be like but i think i would like to see the relationship between maddie and her father a little bit more than i would like that reveal of tom cheney the payoff of kind of playing with expectations there there's not enough buildup in my mind to make it really worth kind of excluding that because i think i think you're right because even the first film doesn't really explore her relationship with her father thoroughly but you know there's enough there in those short interactions that all right i get it i get why you're upset um i think that would have been a good idea to play into maybe this good guy of Frank Ross, even though he's not going to be with us long in the movie, some of that would actually do well in terms of character development and letting the audience feel invested in the story. Yeah, then maybe, I don't know. I know he's only on screen briefly because it would be the intro, but maybe he does something or says something to Maddie that she could maybe use later through her journey. So it's like, oh yeah, he's still helping her beyond the grave. I don't know. But yeah, I did miss that we didn't have the Maddie and her father Frank that we didn't have that interaction in the remake. In the in the remake, there's sort of like a scripture or like some sort of saying that comes up on the screen during that voiceover or something like, almost like delivers from evil. I don't remember the exact quote, but yeah. the father had like left some sort of remark like that, as you mentioned, and then she uses it again later in the film. It's a trope, it's been done, but I think there's a reason why it's been done because it gives you a little bit of character motivation and sort of payoff if she gets her revenge, you know? Yeah. And that's whatever, you know, intros are intros. <laughs> and I also get that perhaps it maybe the way the original intro doesn't necessarily play that well to a modern audience. Cause people would have the head scratcher of saying, well, why did we introduce this guy? And then he's just like, not here. Yeah. I can I, see that too. Yeah. I, I would have that complaint in, in some sense. Well, th then you might just have to make the movie longer reggie which which i could see why they would not want to do that because the original film is longer than the remake so that's one thing i was happy about in the remake oh a little shorter thank you thank you remake you know we're gonna get into it but i think some of the cuts are perfectly fine like there's mm -hmm. there's some scenes that you know they they build out more but they don't necessarily drive the action so the shorter runtime which we, we often do see with uh, remakes, just the modern audiences don't have the same capacity for these long, kind of drawn-out films. From a commercial standpoint, it doesn't make sense to do super long films. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed, in this case, the runtime being a little bit shorter. Yeah, especially for a Western, a genre that hasn't been, you know, blowing up the box office. I mean, this movie did, the remake. It made a lot of money. But at that point, there weren't that many Westerns out and people weren't really flocking to the theaters to see it. So I absolutely understand and agree with the decision to make some cuts to make the film shorter. Well, absolutely. But, you know, speaking of Westerns, although Maddie is our 
protagonist per se, we do have our classic Western gunslinger in the original film, John Wayne, playing Rooster Cogburn in the remake. Uh, Josh, Bro- damn, not Josh <laughs> that'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> that would have been an interesting movie. <laughs> and in the remake, Jeff Bridges playing your rooster uh, character. This is a good time to talk about some of the differences between the two portrayals. Yes. So, John Wayne, who's played more cowboys than I can count. <laughs> yeah. And I guess Jeff Bridges is sort of a character actor. He's kind of become the dude. <laughs> He's just become <laughs> the dude in his later pr- career. Yeah, this is like the Western dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I guess, you know, nothing... I don't want to knock him too bad, but, you know, John Wayne did a fine job as Cogburn. I think I'm going to say this a lot through the comparison. You know, the name of the movie is True Grit, and I just right. think that the remake was a little more gritty with their portrayal. Yeah. Um, I love the way you meet Cogburn in the remake. You don't even see him. He's just in a port john and he's just he's like, she's occupied. And I was just cracking up right away from Jeff Bridges' portrayal, even though I didn't see him at all. So... I think, you know, he, he's good in the original John Wayne. I don't think he does anything incredibly memorable as far yeah. as I, I was when I was watching the portrayal. I thought it was fine, but I don't think he was, like, as gritty. I don't think he was as, like, edgy or dangerous as, like, the portrayal by Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges also was a little funnier. I think that's another thing I'm going to just be saying about the remake. Just there, there's not a lot of opportunities for humor in the remake that... Either they were there in the original and they just don't work today, or they just were completely not there. So, I uh, I like both portrayals, but I'm going to lean a little more towards Jeff Bridges' portrayal. Yeah, no, I agree. As I was watching this, because I was telling a friend that I was we were watching True Grit, and he made mention that this was the movie that got John Wayne his, uh, his one and only Oscar. Yes. And I was watching it, and I was just saying, why? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I looked that up, too, and... They had said maybe it was because he had been nominated before and he never won. It was maybe sort of almost like, like a, yeah, like a, here you go. You did good before. So this is to make up for all the other performances you did. You know, and like you said, he's played a cowboy a lot of times. I mean, obviously, John Wayne is the cowboy <laughs> in movies. Um, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel that this character did have a little bit more... Depth? Depth, yeah, depth is definitely word and he wasn't just like this blanket i'm the tough guy i'm gonna ride in on my horse there's there's some humility to him you know there's the the drunken aspect of him there are moments where you know kind of the running joke in both films is like he's an older fatter (laughs) kind of cowboy more so to me with john wayne than uh jeff bridges when you're watching it but you know wayne you know it's kind of more the same from him i found a lot of the parts that i liked about the film were kind of turning it on its head and having the little girl be part of the action. I found that to be a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. in terms of the portrayal. And Jeff Bridges, as you mentioned, this is way more, like you said, this is way more lines and opportunities. Like, he he comes across with more personality, just his acting style. He he says funny things. He does funny things. And um, that that rooster seems a little less pathetic in my mind, whereas, like, the John Wayne one... It, He's not doing much, you know, and I think they really lean in to him kind of being like not that good, you know, like like the court scene where they show 
that he killed 23 guys, mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason, it hit me more with John Wayne where I felt like, yeah, he's just kind of like bumbling his way through the West and like <laughs> killing people. That movie made it feel like there was more of a changing of the guard coming for me, like the whole talk of lawyers and stuff like that. Um, John Wayne doesn't like lawyers, and that just felt more apparent in that film, whereas like the Jeff Bridges movie made me feel like we were in a Western. We weren't necessarily seeing the West changing. I, see. I don't know if you caught that vibe. I didn't pick up on it too much. I know what you mean. They definitely mentioned lawyers a lot more in the original. She mentions her lawyer, Daggett. So going back to that court scene, I know like the acting, the, I guess the method of acting just improved since the 60s. So I, I definitely gave the original a pass for a lot of the yeah. acting. But I was definitely more engrossed in the story when Jeff Bridges was telling it. His slow, sort of nonchalant, kind of just a matter of fact kind of attitude about it. While John Wayne, I don't know how to describe it. It was almost like it felt a little more forced almost right. because like everybody was like laughing like immediately at the same time so it definitely felt more scripted obviously they're both scripted but it seemed to be easier for jeff bridges to sort of yeah. deliver those lines than did for john wayne jeff bridges you know like you said the act method of acting is different and when he's telling the story you felt like he was there you know you felt like okay he was there and it went a little crazy and stuff like that whereas like john wayne just has that matter-of-fact delivery. <laughs> and all that guy, and I shoots him, and he came at me. And, like, it's cool. Like, you know, it's John Wayne, and, like, there's something to the way he he played his characters in his films. And, like, it's, it's memorable. I use the word a lot when we talk about these movies. It's iconic. This was a classic John Wayne with a little bit of a, a twist because of the nature of the story. Right. He's, he's playing older. He's he's got this this young girl who's kind of like just kind of a boss. Like she runs around doing a lot of very you know exceptional stuff, and it kind of lets this this old time you know gunslinger. It kind of puts him in the back seat in a lot of yeah. scenes. I think that could also have played in to John Wayne's Oscar turn on this because he's doing something a little bit different than what they're used to him doing. He's still, you know, it's a Western. He's on the horse. He's got the reins in his mouth and he's shooting guns. But there, there's a there's a humanness to it. There's, yeah. there's a little more of a, I don't know, he has to play off of someone else more in this film than he probably had to in a lot of other films. Yeah, he's not the driving force for justice in this movie. In either movie, Rooster Cogburn, he's definitely taking a backseat. Maddie is the one that, mm-hmm. and he's taking orders from a little girl, pretty much. I mean, she paid him, right? Right. And, uh, yeah, I guess I could see that for John Wayne, because I, I would assume most of his cowboy roles were just, like, the good guy who always, you know, he might seem dirty, but he's generally a good guy. He's going to do the right thing in, at the end of the day. But I guess the way Rooster Cogburn set up, he's not, you're not exactly sure. Right. And, uh, you know, he wants that money. <laughs> and you trust that he's most likely going to do the right thing. But he does mention, too, to Maddie at one point that he did rob a bank, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that comes out in both films. Yeah, and, so you know he's not 100% good. He'll take care of himself if he has to. He won't try to hurt uh, sort of an innocent bystander, but right. he will break the law if he needs to. Right, and and you see some of that play out, like you, like you mentioned in the court scene, where he is a lawman, but there's a question about his, his tactics. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Is he defending himself? Is like, how is it that in a four-year stretch, you've killed twenty-three people while doing your job? 
you have that aspect of it. I got more of a sense in the remake that he was a little more trigger happy to shoot these people. I think they bring it up more. Uh, I think they bring it up more just in general. Like you just keep shooting him. He's like, yeah, I'll just defend myself. It's what happened. I, I feel like the Jeff Bridges ones more to to kill instead of just bring them in for questioning. Sure. And the remake does, um, like you mentioned, that grit aspect of it. The remake does more um, more effects. There's scenes that are noticeably more violent in this remake than um, their original portrayal. Like, uh, for instance, there's one scene where a guy gets shot off his horse, and for not real reason other than for effect, he, he like, lands on a rock. So, like, the dude falls off a horse, head gets smashed by a rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like, when there's a scene where, um, of course... Uh, the guy gets his fingers cut off, and like that's just way more graphic in this remake. So the trigger happiness comes across more. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, the, going back to that scene uh, in the original, his fingers don't get cut off. His fingers just get cut, and he even makes a right. comment like, oh, "I still got my fingers on." But in the remake, you see all those fingers come off, and that guy's yeah. just screaming like, "Oh my god, my fingers!" So it is yeah. definitely more gritty of the true grit yeah. films, the remake. And I think uh, kind of going back to the point that you were making about him robbing the bank you see that although he is a marshal he is a lawman that he sort of plays by his own rules he has a moral compass he has different rules like um even some of the gangsters have rules where it's like no women and children things of that nature but for him robbing the bank was like robbing a thief because it was a high interest bank and maddie you know rightfully so points out that like it's just like stealing somebody's wallet like you can't treat it as a different thing so you see a little bit of a play back and forth with them there, and it also explores some of Rooster's um, morality, you know, dynamics, yeah, different um, schemes and tactics. These little scenes make a big difference in fleshing out a character that otherwise is kind of like your uh, your straight shooting, you know, Western guy in a white hat. Yeah, and another thing the remake does is I think you get a little more time with uh, Maddie and Cogburn. He goes more into his backstory. He just, he goes on and on. I can't really give specific details, but he definitely, he's a talker in that remake. So he has more to play with, I feel, Jeff Bridges. And like I said before, Jeff Bridges just feels really comfortable as this Cogburn guy. So I was able to definitely roll with his exaggerated stories as long as they were. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is uh, to kind of step away from some of the, uh, like racial or racist tropes in the film, but like getting away from him, like in the original playing cards, he's got like, he's at the drugstore with the Chinese guy and he's got the cat and like all that stuff was like, all right, that's interesting, but <laughs> uh, completely unnecessary. And I think Bridges just, like you mentioned, he gets to do more of his backstory through his personality and his talking, which ultimately I think works because when you're looking at a character like this, I think part of his mystique in history, part of it is true, and then part of it is kind of the way he remembers it, just like the guy in the court scene. Like, he has a sort of romanticized idea about what he's been doing, and it's interesting to see him kind of portraying his old stories. True. So did you have a preference when it comes to Cogburn? Oh, oh absolutely, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I like more, not even just in the context of the movie, but more just in the context of Westerns at that time, Overall, I liked what was happening with the John Wayne character and how he did have to sort of take this backseat to this kind of like badass chick. But 
didn't do much for me because the whole time I was watching it, I'm just sitting there kind of looking at these generic cowboy characters. I'm like, the most interesting thing happening is is not them. Like yeah. they're they're just, in my opinion, they're just kind of there. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't necessarily the way they were delivering lines or anything. It was just the lines they were delivering and the way the story was set up made it an interesting enough story to follow. But nothing he did necessarily stood out, especially from today's standards. Yeah. So what Jeff Bridges was doing was much more enjoyable to watch afterwards. Yeah. And there, there was um. I also I also like the way he says little beef. <laughs> I just like saying I've been saying that all week. Just wanted to throw yes. that out there. I'm glad that you threw that out there. I I also um I'm trying to really pin down this moment in the film, but there's like a, a scene I think um like some of, some of his uh his gunslinging you know early on because there's a bit of a different dynamic of when LaBeef is around and when he's not around, there were kind of like more scenes where Cogburn's doing some of the saving in the movie where like before it's kind of like split between the two characters. And I had a feeling that um, Jeff Bridges Cogburn, in my opinion, seemed to be like that Maddie had more respect for him. Like in a sense of, uh, I think there were moments where she saw, okay, damn, this guy like, this guy is kind of a badass um, that played out in that movie a little bit more than you saw the John Wayne character where she kind of has like a begrudging respect for him until the end. But like, she's not really, I don't think she was very impressed with him through most of the movie. Like she knew about his history and you know, that he was, he had grit, but I felt like there were scenes where Jeff Bridges just came across as impressive that you don't quite see from John Wayne I don't know if you caught that vibe, but it was just like a dynamic that I, I sort of internalized when I was watching it. I don't know if I picked up on that too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like John Wayne John Wayne's cool, but um I don't know, Jeff Bridges just seemed more capable as his rooster than John Wayne and in like it, in a more consistent way is kind of what I took away from it. I could see that. Like at the end of the day, this guy's definitely gonna get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh the Jeff Bridges one. But the John Wayne one, maybe he'll get it done. Yeah, I could see not as much confidence placed in him, I suppose. But there was more time spent kind of one-on-one with Jeff Bridges and Maddie, And there was less of that time split with LaBeef and Cogburn taking turns sort of being the tough guy. Jeff Bridges gets to play in that space a little bit more because of how the screen time gets split in the, uh, the two films. It's true. Should we get into Maddie? I think we should get into Maddie. Mm-hmm. So we have Maddie in the original. She's portrayed by Kim Darby. In the remake, she's portrayed by Haley Steinfeld. So I'm going to start at the most obvious place, just the ages. Um, yeah. Maddie is supposed to be pretty young, early teens. In the remake, she's portrayed by a 14-year-old girl. And in the original, she's portrayed by a 22-year-old woman. So there's definite age gap there in the portrayals. Did you notice that at all when you were watching? Oh, yeah, I I absolutely noticed it, you know, when I was watching the original film, because I don't think in in that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that they ever actually mentioned her age. You know, they mentioned that she's younger, but I didn't hear like a number. No, I don't think they ever mentioned her age. And I think that was a smart decision, too, because if they had said 14, they would have been like, "Mm, I don't think that girl's 14. While I didn't think she was 22, I definitely thought she was at least like in her late teens. Yeah. Movie, yeah. As I was watching it, my my kind of takeaway from it was I had her pegged around 
like a 16, like maybe 17, but mm-hmm. I heard like right in that 16 year old age group, she seemed to fit that that mold and it sort of informed the way that I was watching the film. Uh, just she was very capable, but there were some moments with um, some of the older characters like LeBee, for instance, that could have played more in the field of romance um, that just would not have been acceptable <laughs> in, in the remake. Not at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. So Yeah, it was weird that there's the line in the original where LaBeef goes to her, you know, I was going to kiss you, but I think I'll spank you. I was surprised to see that the remake still used that line. I was like, really? That's mm. interesting yeah. choice there. What's an interesting choice? Um, definitely should have cut that. <laughs> should have cut that. Because when you're explicitly saying someone's 14, I know that they're they're also playing with a time period and setting doesn't really matter in this case because I, I didn't feel that the movie was clinging to any sort of realism, you know? Like, it, it always came across to me as a fictional kind of account, so even if people were trying to hook up with 14-year-olds, um, you know, let's leave that in the history books. <laughs> yeah, I could see them maybe doing that because maybe they're trying to stick to the source material, but you are making a movie, and you do have liberties to make changes. Maybe that's yeah. one thing you could have changed, especially for a 2010 audience <laughs> just a grown man saying he would potentially kiss a 14 year old girl just ooh, that doesn't yeah. lie yeah a little a little rough i don't know even um even watching it back and this could be the script but they both come across to me as very capable they're making deals and negotiating with men and like conducting business and not only care. negotiating but like winning all their nego- oh. all her negotiations yeah every, every man she comes across she best when it comes to uh, verbally. So she may not be a physically imposing uh, protagonist, but she definitely earns people's respect with her her verbal ability and her persistence. Um, The other side of it, too, though, is that in both films, she also gains the respect of these cowboys, as as it were, by showing her own grit on in the journey. In both films, they mention that she earned her spurs. So, you know, by then she has everyone's respect. I think that I I personally am leaning more towards the Kim Darby portrayal. And really just because I pegged her as a little bit older and I thought that it kind of helped serve as the story for myself while watching it. Like it was impressive to have a 14-year-old doing all this stuff, but I, I don't know. Uh, I just felt like they could do more with the character by having her ambiguous in age i think i kind of said this before but you get more with the original maddie in the original film like we said you get more time with her and her father mm-hmm. and then there's one particular scene that i kind of liked in the original it's uh right after maddie gets her father's possessions like she starts just crying like she's been tough the entire time negotiating with people just going about her business you know just doing everything as a matter of fact but then like when she's alone with her father's possession, she kind of has like a moment to herself. And I thought that was, you know, that makes sense for a young girl. Your father was just murdered. And then you're going to be tough in front of everybody else. But maybe when you're alone, you'll let a little bit of that vulnerability out. So I liked that, that they had that in the original. And we don't really get a moment like that in the remake at all, where she's at all upset that her father's dead. I mean, you know she is because she's out uh, for revenge the entire film. But you never get any like sort of, I guess tender moment with right. the the Maddie and the remake, where you're just like, 
where you just are reminded that, oh, yeah, this is a young girl at the end right. of the day. You know, she's tough yeah. as hell, but she's still a young girl and she's going to sort of deal with things maybe that other young girl would deal with it. And uh, I liked that the original did that. And it was, again, just a little upset that they didn't have anything like that in the remake. Yeah. She stays um, She stays very matter of a fact in the remake. I mean, you see it in both films. But uh, I think part of this is the runtime. I think part of this is also what audiences kind of expect, expected from films at the time. One seeing the father die, which we talked about, but then the uh, the public hanging. It's more of an event in that original film, and it gives her an opportunity to kind of like voice her displeasure with the entire act of a public hanging. And she also talks about some of her feelings about the judge that sentences men to death. So you actually start hearing some of her different opinions and takes on uh, on things very early in the film that you don't get in a remake. You yeah. know, you know that she's She's tough and she's smart, but like, you know, she's kind of a one note character in the remake, which is just like, I want revenge for my father. Mm -hmm. The original, I, I just felt like she had a little bit more personal agency and ambitions outside of just the revenge. Yeah, she definitely had a little more in the original. Again, like you said, maybe the runtime plays into that. But, you know, for the screen time she had, I thought Haley did amazing as like, uh, a tough you know being able to portray someone who's that young and still tough being able to handle her her own around these grown men who are supposed to you know be i gotta help the little lady you know but she's kind of flipping the game and I, you know she's definitely believable in her portrayal that she can order these men to do what she wants so i, I think she was strong there but i think that the original maddie just had a little more to play with in terms of like what just getting more dialogue and whatnot I was very impressed with Haley's um, acting. I thought that she did amazing in those scenes where she has to play off of um, other actors who are kind of going back and forth with her. The scene with the ponies being a good example where she's negotiating that deal. You see that in both films and, you know, both actresses do a good job of it. But it's obviously more impressive when you actually when you actually have a young woman mm -hmm. doing it as opposed to a 22-year-old person pretending to be an age, whatever. <laughs> definitely cool there's more that i want to get into about the characters but that comes towards the end i would say mm -hmm. so i don't want to step on that just yet but uh when it comes to just the general vibe they're pretty pretty even to me but i think the original actors had more to work with i'll agree that the original actors had more to work with but i'm gonna just give i'm gonna give the edge slight edge to to Haley just because she is a 14 year old girl and I think overall, what she had to do, I think her lines are a little more solid. For me, I thought she was definitely just a little better than Darby. So I'll give a slight edge to Haley on that one. I can see that. Sticking to my guns, Dan. I like <laughs> Do what you want. No, I, I liked, I wish she had more to do, like in the original. I really yeah. do. And honestly, I'm probably docking some points for the voiceover work early. I think if she got the opportunity to, play out some of those scenes to play out some of that drama i would i would definitely be right there with you yeah maybe if you were able to see the innocent girl before the revenge driven girl and then you could see that turn maybe that would help you yeah agreed yeah all right and then maybe that leaves us with our third main character <laughs> i'm gonna say it the way jeff bridges said la beef la beef so we got la beef 
played by musician Glenn Campbell in the original, and Matt Damon in the remake. So maybe with Labeef, we should start with the fact that his story doesn't in the remake doesn't follow exactly the original. He, he sort of deviates. In the original, pretty much when Labeef is introduced to the group, he's there the entire time and he stays with them until the end. But in the remake, Labeef and Cogburn just keep butting heads the way they do. And Labeef leaves not once, but twice. Did you have any issue with the remake making Labeef leave all those times? Actually, I actually did, um, just given the fact that I just watched the original film. I think, in a weird way, going back to our conversation about the Haley Stanfield portrayal, I think it helped her because there's more one-on-one time with Jeff Bridges. But I think it it hurts the plot in some ways. I'm going to say in a lot of ways for me, it hurt the plot. But then there were some moments that it actually made more sense in the context of how things went down. Um, the biggest biggest point being um, when they actually catch up to Peppers, you know, LaBeat's not there. So when he shows up, it's actually a surprise. And I think that that was a nice play. But I, I just also thought it was so arbitrary when he left all those times. And um, for that one reveal, I don't think that it was worth separating those characters because we didn't really get to see his bravery, his grit, um, as much as we did in the original. I think it was okay for him maybe to leave once. I don't think he should have left twice. I think for me, the one that made sense was him leaving towards the end when Maddie's at her lowest point, And then she's in the camp with Tom Chaney. And then you have Cogburn just out there against Pepper and his gang. And then you're just like, what's going to happen? How's Cogburn going to save her if he's all the way down there? And then to have LaBeef come back at the last minute. He's like, oh, he's back. So that made sense there. But the thing is, it's sort of weakened because you already had him leave and come back. Yeah. So by doing it twice, I think you're hurting that the impact it could have for him coming back at the end of the movie. So I think they should have just had him come back or leave and come back once. Both films play on that idea of um, after, you know, they get the intel from the two gangsters that are killing, killing one another, more or less. As they get that intel... In the original, you know, Labeef does mess up. Like, he shoots a shot, hits the horse instead of instead of Peppers. And that's kind of like his screw-up there. And this remake, like, he, he already hasn't had that much screen time. We get it, he's a Texas Ranger, but we really haven't seen him truly in action. And he gets in a kind of a squabble with an old man about a little girl. Uh, they break up their little agreement on how to split the money. And he just leaves. And then when he comes back, it's not like he comes back to the characters he comes back to get caught Mm -hmm. it's it's a weak kind of moment for the character i don't think that the payoff that you get from it was worth like you mentioned having that happen twice yeah overall though i think again i said this before but i think the character in the remake is has just has more funnier moments uh than in the original that's for sure um matt damon's portrayal of labeef is definitely for comic relief at a lot of moments. Even sure. after that moment we talked about where he got ambushed, he gets dragged around, bites his tongue. And then right. going back into the grittiness and the humor, um, Jeff Bridges tries to rip the tongue off, just like, I'll just rip the rest of it off. He's like, no, 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 no. It'll, yeah. it'll let it heal, let it heal. So you do, I do feel a little bit, I guess I feel more bad for Matt Damon's Labeef just because 
he had so much shit just happened to him. <laughs> so much more than the original Labeef. That's for yeah. sure. And uh, I don't want to jump ahead here. Yeah, just no. he got he got his ass kicked a lot more, and he had a lot more humorous moments in the remake. That's for sure. Yeah, felt that um, Labeef. Yeah, as played by Damon, you're right that there's that type. Of, there is that type of humor. There's a kind of more of like a given. Pl- excuse me, give and take verbally that you see some of the comedic effect. The original Labeef, one, they, they do kind of play into a romantic aspect because he's like clearly kind of flirting with her at the uh, the Monarch, the uh, the boarding house. And then throughout, he, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a goof, you know? Like that's the way I, I sort of saw him. Like he's doing heroic things and he's helping with, uh, with some action, but he just kind of came across to me is like a bit full of himself and goofy. I don't know. Damon's, I, he felt a little more capable to me. He just happened to get upset often or have comedic moments. But like overall, he felt like a, the more capable um, gunman when it was all said and done. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it, while I didn't like that he left and got ambushed, I think the ambush, you know, just made him look really pathetic in the remake. And then it, it's it makes his when he's able to save uh, Cogburn at the end with that sniper shot. It just makes uh, that moment have so much more weight because the whole time he's almost like this goof. They have a shootout earlier, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Then you don't know if he's hitting any of the targets during that shootout. And then like there's this final moment where Cogburn's about to die. And then Matt Damon just finally nails him from like hundreds of yards away. And it's yeah. it's all the more impressive because you're sort of making this character pathetic in the remake and you having a beautiful redemption for him at that moment whereas in the original he has you know he has that itchy trigger finger moment during the shootout but i didn't really feel that he had as much of an arc in the original that he did in the remake i just feel like he wanted to get that bounty bring it to texas and then he dies (laughs) yeah yeah so that that is um like you mentioned that is a major difference that we actually have a death here of the character as opposed to he's okay <laughs> he's alive maybe we're not sure I, I like that decision to because like I said Matt Damon's Labeef just kept getting shit on the entire movie right. and to like add insult to injury you're gonna kill him too at the end from a rock oh no yeah. he 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 lived okay so I thought you give him that redemption moment where he's able to save Cogburn and then you let him live you don't. Just kill him right away. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Though I don't agree with, like you mentioned, leaving twice. Yeah, that was he, a dumb decision. I don't know why they needed to do that twice. I think you could have come up with a clever way of like them separating as a group. Like, we're going to go ambush him out there. Well, I'm going to investigate the cabin more. You could have done right. it like that. And then, bam, you could have still had Matt Damon being tied up and dragged around. It's just sure. having him leave twice, It when it happened the second time, it just didn't mean as much because he's gonna come back i know he came back once he'll come back again he's a boomerang this guy yeah and you know having her kind of almost at that point sort of regret her decision to have picked rooster and you know she alludes to uh you know i picked the wrong man i should have gone with a character more like labeef to be the the marshal the one that tries to get this bounty for her 
like okay, that's a nice moment, but the fact that he's like immediately leaves after that, as you get as you mentioned, cheapens it. It makes more sense, as I mentioned, like um, when he comes back the second time. In terms of the plot of the film, I thought that, that that portion made sense that we don't know where he is, and then he comes back to help save them, as opposed to we're both here. Hey, we just we uh, rode over the ridge, uh, let the girl go, <laughs> and just out of nowhere. We're back. Like, it's just rough. Yeah, rough. yeah. It, I wasn't sure, like, <laughs> I guess the original, I guess they didn't know Labeef was with Cogburn at that point. I wasn't, I was a little unclear how they were. They were both sure. riding together. They, yeah. And they were, they could see them both, right? Yeah. They, they knew exactly where both of them were because when they're uh, up on that ridge, you see both of them on their horses. Uh, John Wayne fires off his gun, showing that, you know, we're leaving, we're, we're far enough. Yeah. And without any real explanation or reason, they overtake the bad guys and, you know, free her. I, I just, I liked in the remake that you don't know where Labeef is, mm-hmm. and then he helps save him. That just makes more sense from a plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they probably shouldn't have had him kind of go off on the first hissy fit, because that didn't Exactly. Well, at all. Yeah, and then I know we keep ripping on this, and then because you know the the reason he left the first time is because they they keep going back and forth and jabbing each other, and so the mm-hmm. can't handle it emotionally, so he leaves, and then he leaves again the second time for the same reason. It's mm-hmm. like you should have just had it sort of accumulate, so like it would make more sense. Like, all right, I've had enough from you. Like mm-hmm. this is it. That's all I can take. So I'm I'm out of here. And yeah, I definitely don't agree with that decision. Have him leave that first time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyways, back to the portrayals of Labeef. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add there about like? As I mentioned, I um, because because Maddie's age is so ambiguous. I did kind of like the idea that she did kind of care about quote unquote boys, or like she had kind of this this little crush on Labeef, and that sort of plays itself out a little bit more. Um, as he's there dying and stuff like that, like um, that emotional connection kind of fleshed out the Maddie character more for me, but it didn't have to be Labeef. It could have been literally anybody. So I liked what the character and the ambiguity of her age brought to a different character, to be honest, not the Labeef character itself. But I don't know, Matt Damon just, he gets it. Like he, he, he had the portrayal down. There was weird choice in terms of screenplay is the him leaving but overall I, I just think it's it's a more fleshed out character to me it just feels like a real person as opposed to just like this i mean this dude's just like uh he's got his chin and he's got his stories about texas like that's all <laughs> Glenn campbell he's a well-renowned gunslinger but like he comes across pretty pathetic early in the movie but he's able to redeem himself like i said and he does have more fun moments He's got that yeah. one moment. He's got that one quote that made the trailer. You know, the sun was in your eyes, or should I say, your eye. You know, <laughs> I remember that from the trailers back in the day. Um, so he definitely had more fun. Again, the original, I just don't really remember much about what Labeef did other than, like like you said, that weird kind of tension. But it's okay because we don't really know Maddie's age. Other right. than that, and uh, I can't really remember him doing much other than dying at the end from a rock i just yeah i agree with you i feel like matt damon definitely more fleshed out had more to do was more fun overall yeah 
there's little aspects, and this is getting into splitting hairs. There's little aspects that I like that he's around. There's aspects that I, I don't like that he's around. Like in the original, when they um they overtake those two bandits in the house, Labeef is the one on the roof, um, mm-hmm. you know, clogging up the uh, the chimney. Like, makes sense to me that like this this lawman would be like taking direction from Rooster and doing you know different activities. It makes the journey feel a little more realistic that there's two capable gunmen and the girl, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just like an old guy and a little girl who really hasn't gotten to the point where she's, you know, getting involved in gunfighting at all. Right. So that element I like, but I'll also take it on the back end that it makes more sense for him to just show up as a, the, almost like the cavalry. So it is a give and take um, that plays in both films, but overall I'm leaning towards the remake in terms of the character itself. Some of the choices, as we mentioned, not the best, but the character's great. Highly enjoyable. La beef. Where do you want to go from here? Should we go into the ending? I think I think we should. Okay. So our endings in both films are completely different. In the original, after Maddie gets bit by the snake, after she's taken to the hospital, I should say, we sort of get a PS scene with Maddie back on her family farm, and Rooster's with her. They have a nice little conversation about uh, their future and, you know, she wants to bury him. <laughs> she wants to have him buried in her family plot. And then he, they, they sort of become friends at the end, right? Yeah. It's no longer just a, you're a gun for hire. It's now you're sort of part of my family. I want you here. We're going to hang out. And they are going to hang out. And that's what we're led to believe in the original. In the remake, in after Maddie's brought to the of medical care yeah that's the last time maddie ever sees rooster and we jump cut 25 years to the future something that does not happen at all in the original and i should say in the original maddie's arm was in a sling after getting bit by a rattlesnake but in the remake she had to get that arm amputated because the poison just took too much toll so we have a one-armed maddie in her late 30s trying to see rooster again because he had mentioned that he was in a gun show to her in a letter she got and then she goes to see him and he dies before she gets there (laughs) which is like oh damn that really sucked and then she's just kind of okay that sucks but i'm gonna move his body and kind of the promise that was made in the original gets fulfilled here his body gets moved to her family plot even though she has like no family she never got married or anything yeah, and like, uh, she maybe will see Labeef because, like we said, Labeef was alive in the remake, dead in the original, alive in the remake. So maybe she's gonna try to see Labeef next. It sort of ends but ambiguous there. But even that, like, she's like, I might see Labeef. He's probably seventy, close to the eighty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I get it. It's a gritty western. I had no fun with that that ending. Yeah, it actually made me feel like, why did I watch the film? <laughs> Because, like, there, there's this hope, you know, that's throughout the film. Like, they have this impossible task of going into Indian country, as it were, and trying to, you know, bring justice for her father's death. It's a young girl who's, who has, she's way above her, her head. And all these, like, lawmen that have been around the block and who who've killed and seen 
people get killed. They know it. And even though this little girl who basically is living a fairy tale of revenge, um, she shows so much grit and determination that they come around and they're they're behind her. So by the end, Cogburn does like this little girl. He's like, Jesus Christ, you're you're a tough little son of a bitch. And there's again this tender moment where it's like, all right, maybe the arm being okay and her not dying, maybe that's a little far fetched given medicine at the time. But like, I don't know if the movie needs a feel good ending, but it is kind of a feel good ending and it leaves you hopeful for her future because he says, Oh, I'm not, you shouldn't bury me here. That's for your your Mm -hmm. husband and your kids. It it lets you think that she has a future. Whereas here you jump cut to her future and it's shit. (laughs) She's got an arm missing. She's like, everyone's kind of portrayed as an old, like Spencer. Like she doesn't, have a family. She doesn't have anything. And when she does finally muster up to go meet the guy that helped her get revenge, he's already dead. And the most anticlimactic shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's already dead. And she's like, well, that sucks. I'll move his body and maybe I'll go see Labeef. The end. Like, I don't know. It, just, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. Right. What was that? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, it was definitely, I guess, suppose a grittier ending in the remake. Okay, I'll go back to the original. It was a little sort of cheesy, over the top, like feel good. But I do like that thing you said. It kind of left you with hope, right? Okay, her arm's messed up. You don't know exactly what's going on. You're assuming it's going to heal, right? And then you have hope that she's going to, you know, maybe have a family of her own and, and that family plot one day. Uh, I don't mind her losing the arm in the remake. I don't even mind the jump cut 25 years into the future. I didn't like how they kind of play with our expectations and went like, oh, she's going to finally see him after all these years, you know? I think they should have done a reunion. I think I think having him mail her a letter and then saying, uh, yeah, this would be great to see you, and then just having him dead, I, I don't know if that was the best choice. Uh, he either should have been dead already, and then she moves him to her family plot, or maybe just, you know, have at least one meeting with them. I think that was just too dark of an ending. Too sour of a taste left in your mouth after this long journey, like you said. Right. So, um, I don't agree with him being dead. But I thought it was okay that she didn't have the arm and was maybe sort of alone. I thought so. Like you mentioned, if, if she doesn't have the arm and she doesn't have the family... I'm okay with that. You know, like, I get it. Like, she went through a lot. She was already kind of this tough, you know, outlier of a person. Like, she's a very unique character. It's just, it's rough when you see someone that's 14, and then 25 years later, you realize their life didn't get better. And, you know, maybe that's kind of like the point of this type of revenge. Yeah. And it doesn't fix anything, you know? But, like, I don't know. Like, Jeff Bridges... Like you mentioned, in Labeef, they're doing these comedic things. They're, they're having fun together. So for her to just kind of like come to this point where like her life isn't very good, as, as it seems. I mean, maybe she's enjoying herself, but it doesn't, seem like, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, we don't see anything that makes it seem like, oh, yeah, life's great now. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the, the tropey, you know, roosters on his deathbed thing. You know, you, you got to give me something here, you know, whether... The arm's okay, but he's gone, or she lost the arm, but, like, they had their meeting, they got to make their peace. 
she shows up, and again, this is tropey, weird stuff. Like she shows up, and Lil Beef is there, and he he's the one that tells what happened. Because like Rooster sent me a letter too, and you know they both kind of that that to me, there's some satisfaction there to have two characters I've never been introduced to in their little Ringling Bros like Wild West show say, oh, <laughs> they have a lot of fun together. Till three days ago, the heat took them, and it's like, oh, thanks, random character. Um. I guess I'm going to go home and bury my friend. The jump cut kills me in this in this set, setting with Rooster also being dead because she was just 14. Now she's 40 and, like, her life is shit. And, like, why did I go on this journey? You know, it kind of took away from it for me. I understand it. Like I said, grit, realism, like, life isn't always fair. But you're giving me a movie the arc was kind of supposed to sort of wrap that part of her life up and it, it just doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I guess what they were going for, you had kind of mentioned it is maybe just a cautionary tale about what happens with you. Revenge becomes an obsession for you. And I could sort of understand that, but I think I'm sort of in the same boat as you. It's just like, you got to give me something. We just yeah. went on this journey together Okay, maybe she lost her arm. Maybe she's not married. But at least have the Hollywood trope, the reunion at the end, right? I'm thinking, you know, like Shawshank Redemption when Andy and Red meet on the beach. You know, just have them walking towards each other and then pan yeah. out and give me credits. I would have been fine with that ending. Sure, it's a little cliche. But, you know, she. I think she learned her lesson. She lost the arm. You know, right. we don't have to have her not be able to just express to this man, like, you know, like her gratitude or just like... Maybe she can comp- complain to him, like, this was a mistake, you know, just some closure for her. I feel like her moving him to the family plot's not enough for no. her story to have closure, because after that night, there had to be a million things she wanted to say to him, and you, you don't give her anything, it's... strikes me as the type of person that would have found him before that moment. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. You know, she, like, yeah, she, she would have immediately she, found him. You know, this is screenplay choices, but I think an adequate ending for me is like she gets there and it is a Wild West show. And maybe he's, he's now like his drinking problem is exacerbated. And it's actually kind of sad. Like, you know, you can see the audience. He's shooting the guns, but like he's fat and like losing it. And the audience is kind of like clowning him. And like maybe she has a moment where she's like, I remember this moment when you were more than this you know i think that that even that type of sad ending where rooster has given himself to his vices and he hasn't progressed i think that there could have been a tender moment where they like recount the way it was like the i don't know it just like they lost so much since they last met but at least they have each other kind of a thing right yeah i would have dug that yeah even even like a recognition that even if he's He's gone over the hill. It's over. There's no more cowboys. Those days are over. Um, them sharing that moment of, you know what? You might be like pathetic now, but there was a time where you you were worth something. Yeah, and where I, you in my eyes you were like everything. You know, it could have had a nice moment. You know, a little little tropey, like we said. But we were on this journey together <laughs> for almost two hours. We could have could have given us something to just. Have a little hope for the future. Because I think when you're talking about tropes and what impressed me um, about both films, but obviously the original 
and I guess even more so the actual story that it d- derives from. What impressed me from the jump was that your main character isn't Rooster Cogburn. Mm-hmm. Your main character is a 14-year-old girl that through all odds and against all like gender norms and stereotypes, she's the most capable person in, in the film. Mm-hmm. Like She uses her brain and not just her brawn and and you know that portrayal is fascinating for the western genre it's it's a great kind of turn for that type of movie and it made it a little bit more interesting if we had just watched like your standard like um western film yeah like damsel in distress i'm the man i gotta save the woman you know right and it's like all right like we we did that so i i don't know i want more for that character because that character did so much but you know maybe maybe that is the reality that like you can't take a 14 year old girl and take her on a journey where she sees people dying and she gets poisoned you know like maybe that is the toll of that type of um heroism but i guess for a film it just left me with no i didn't didn't enjoy that particular ending yeah I, i get where you're coming from it's almost like you try to go against um, expectations and like gender norms, and then like you get punished for it in the end instead yeah. of rewarded. It's it's disheartening to see it take such a low dive at the end. Yeah. Um, there should be some there should be some compensation for just you know tra- blazing some trails or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or even and I know again I'm nitpicking. I'm like kind of thinking of alternate scenarios. Even if you see, like, when she's younger, like, that she's going to lose an arm. And, like, Rooster, like, being there, coming to that realization, even if she's, like, I don't know, like, not even, like, awake for it. And he's just like, this is my fault. Like, I failed Mm -hmm. this girl, and that's why I left. It's like, you can leave this stuff in, like, the margins and not say it. And, like, here we are kind of thinking about it. But, like, it's a movie, you know? (laughs) You don't have to feed me everything, but like maybe show that. Yeah, yeah. Don't put all the work on us, right? You know, it just makes more sense that she hadn't seen Rooster in twenty five years if that was like his choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of like that. Like, have him be like so filled with like remorse or like just grief of what happened to her that he doesn't want to see her, and then like you know what? Then you have the ending where yeah, she wants to see him even despite the fact that her arm came off. She still would love to see him, and then just have that. Give me that reunion. Oh, I want that reunion so bad. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Even if it's not a good reunion, even yeah. if it's like, like even if he's ultimately failed her um, in how his life went, like get please. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, he was cool. It was fun, you know. Um, I thought we were going to get to see some shitty CGI where he was super old. Really <laughs> cool. But, you know, it's all good. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're right that the original is probably too cheesy mm-hmm. and the remake is a little too dark. Right. Somewhere it's in the middle is where that should live. Exactly. Again, I know they're trying to go maybe for the angle of, like, caution of, like, a tale of revenge. Like, revenge ultimately just... Leaves everybody unhappy, but again, we're it's a movie, right? <laughs> we don't need to lay down the lessons that thick. She right. lost her arm, you know. She doesn't have to be completely alone in this life. She could yeah. have somebody, and that could have been. It should have been Cogburn. Yeah, I agree. Do you think there were any 
any scenes cut from the original that you missed or were there any scenes put in the remake that you thought were unnecessary maybe we could um they kind of play it different in um the remake where uh as you mentioned the sun in his eyes like that scene where they're actually shooting at the uh the cornbread like mm-hmm. Uh, do I do I need them shooting at bread? Like I don't know, but also in the original, their take on it was just basically having John Wayne fall off his horse. So those were like those different moments where there's some slight changes that doesn't change much. It's like do I need some of these scenes? Not so much, but you know I get it. You're you're kind of doing a one to one thing with a twist on it. Same thing for me with the the two bandits, like with Labeef being the one to kind of close up the chimney and have them smoked out, I, you know, it made more sense to me, but it doesn't, it's not a deal breaker at all. I, I can't really think of anything that jumps out at me as that should have been cut or that should have been in there outside of really, I think where I find the most struggles are the intros and the outros. Mm-hmm. That's I struggle the most because they actually flavor the entire film. So like in, in the context of everything you saw, the intros fairly weak, the outros very bleak. So yeah. it, it could be affecting my watching of the entire thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I try to keep that in mind. I, uh, in terms of scenes that were different, I think all the scenes that were added, or most of the scenes that were added to the remake, were pretty much for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Talking about that shootout, while it might not have been a necessary scene, it was. I thought it was pretty enjoyable just watching oh, yeah. them constantly shoot the cornbread and then disputing like who shot the cornbread. I shot it. No, you shot it or I shot yeah. it, whatever. And uh, so, you know, again, just giving these characters a little, a little more to do than just uh, we're on pursuit all the time. Gives mm-hmm. them a little more depth. And uh, I know they added more of, I'm trying to look up her name. Where is she? Grandma Turner. Grandma, oh. Grandma Turner gets a little more action in the remake, which, yeah. oddly enough, I welcomed with open arms. I was like, okay, give Grandma Turner just a few more scenes. Because she's introduced in the original, and then you just never hear from her again. And then in the remake, you get not one, but two nights alone with Grandma Turner, snoring her ass off and stealing Maddie's blanket. So, again, more comedy, more levity. And I yeah. appreciated that, because these films do move pretty slow. And yeah. you need something to kind of keep you keep you going with them. So I'll, I appreciate the remake for throwing in more humor there. Yeah, and also, I mean, smart cuts, you know, signing the times and everything, but like removing some of the more like racial aspects that mm-hmm. um, don't really lead anywhere, but are just kind of racist. <laughs> um, it's like that's an interesting portrayal of uh, how you think Chinese people play cards, but uh, I don't think we need to. <laughs> To relive that that stuff. I did um, miss the cat, though. I wish the cat was there. I did there. miss the cat. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of cat equivalent would have been very helpful here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I mean, like, um, yeah, like, like you said, a lot of the additions are to play the humor. I don't. I didn't have any real issue with any of the additions. Um, I think they did just play to what the movie was trying to do. I guess just in general, just talking about the humor. Like, did you find the original movie funny, in general? Uh, or is it yeah. maybe just a type of humor that's just outplayed by these days? And it's like, well, maybe that worked in 1960, but by right. today's standards, it's it comes across as maybe a little hokey and forced. 
Yeah, I mean, he had some some kind of funny lines about the the cat. I forget his name, like sergeant or general, whatever. And John Wayne had a few lines where he was over the top and saying something <laughs> funny. And like, I just found his general demeanor at that point in his career and sort of what he was doing. I found aspects of it funny. I don't think the movie was trying to make those things funny. I mean, really, the only punchline the first film has is that he's old and fat. Like, that's it's kind of like it in terms of the humor. Um, some little lines peppered in here or there. The dude making the chicken sounds in both films I found to be strange. You know? Yeah, like, I was surprised they kept that in the remake. I'm like, you kept the farm guy. Okay. That, yeah. I feel like that could have been an easy cut. <laughs> I guess um, something we didn't address... Maybe we didn't address it because there's not much there. Did you have any take on, I guess, the different bandits as they were from both films? They, they seem pretty... Yeah, you got Robert Duvall playing Ned Pepper, and you have Barry Pup. You have Barry Pepper playing Ned Pepper. Look at that! Like he was born to yeah. play the role. Um, I didn't really know. They didn't really do much in either film. Right. Um, they yeah. just they were in charge. They bossed Tom Chaney around, but in terms of like, did their characters do anything to really make it memorable? Not really. I mean, they. Like you said, you kind of mentioned way before, like they they kind of have their own like codes and laws. Like right. they told her, they told Cheney, "Don't hurt the girl." But other than that, yeah, it could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Robert yeah. Duvall or Barry Pepper. They're pretty forgettable performances and just forgettable characters in general. Looking at the cast, because the cast is really impressive in in both films, but yeah, uh, it is. You know, in the in the remake, like I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Josh Brolin, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's cool. I like Josh Brolin, but like, I don't know. Maybe you could have built a little bit lower. Like, I don't know um, <laughs> what what value he brought brought to you. I mean, his acting, of course, was fine, but it's just like that could have been anybody, you know. Like, I like the actor, but yeah, I found that in both films there wasn't a lot of play with the uh, the villains. I think part of it is because you are searching for them. You, they are mysterious. You don't know who they are. Like, um. In the original film, they had um, a line that I, I don't think was in the remake where they talked about, like, the original Mexican Bob. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, it was like, that was kind of funny because Maddie's like, there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than one. It's like those little moments in the original, they're just not there enough um, for me to say that it was especially comedic. I think True Grid did a good job in a remake of you got to break that stuff up. If you're going to make the, I guess the ending and parts of it so dark, I'm glad that there was some humor. Yes. Cause, <laughs> Cause otherwise there'd be no reason to watch the remake. If it's just dark all the time, yeah. we're just on this hunt. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. You know, do you know the ratings on on the films? Like, uh, was the IMDb, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes ratings? Well, I mean, like, um, was uh, oh, the rated R, R, rated whatever. I'd imagine the remakes rated R. Or does it have to be? They didn't drop any f bombs, and there's some blood, but not a whole lot of blood. I imagine that probably hit that PG thirteen range. It's probably why they made. It probably did hit PG thirteen because it did make a lot of money. Usually, rated R movies don't. 
PG-13 for the remake, and rated G for the original. Actually, okay. the original was supposed to be rated M. That's okay. right. But then it was uh, remade and or just given a G rating in the end. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess, like, the one thing that kind of struck me, and I know we talked about this a little bit, was just the Academy Award for that film, you know? Like, I know it's a, I know it's kind of a makeup call, but, like, when I when I watched that original film, I, John Wayne feels like an afterthought to me. Yeah. Definitely a lot of the way that movie is on the Maddie character, and John Wayne's kind of just going for the ride there. Yeah, she just does a lot of... Um, heavy lifting. A lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Whereas, uh, in that remake, Jeff Bridges carries plenty of his own weight like jeff bridges i would say they by the end i i'm leaning towards jeff bridges being like the main thing going like maddie does a, a great job or Haley stanfield does a great job but jeff bridges he's the dude the dude abides man like, <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh the remake was nominated for many acting oscars jeff bridges got best actor nomination and Haley, who is in the film more screen wise time or screen time, uh, but she only got a best supporting actress nomination, not a best not a best actress nomination. Right. So, yeah. So he, he definitely sort of takes over at points where he's the more interesting character, um, whereas the original it definitely feels like Maddie the whole time that you want to follow has the more interesting story, or just is the more interesting character. I found that to be completely the case in the original. You know, um, like you mentioned it. it I can point to three different characters that I cared about or, or you know, was following in the remake versus in the original. Eh, eh, mm-hmm. You know, like hopefully it all. And maybe that's why I kind of like the ending where it's like, yeah, I'm glad it did work out for her. It would have been kind of rough in that particular movie, uh, the original, to have, <laughs> yeah. to have that character have such a bad ending. Um, I don't think that would have played well at all given that I, I truly say this, that I think that she is, she is the movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. John Wayne, of course, is John Wayne, but like, she, she's the movie, as far as I'm concerned. In the remake, I, I get it, I guess if they want to end it that way. I don't want to harp on that too much, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, did you like the horses in the original or the remake more? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about that name, Little Blackie? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was... <laughs> You know what's funny about the little blackie thing? I'm glad we brought this up. That's kind of why I brought it up in one of these other. Um, when she gets the horse in the remake, and the little black kid is outside, and he's like, what are you going to name it? And, <laughs> <laughs> to say it with a black kid right there. Yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what I'm calling little blackie? And I'm just like, you know what? Unintended, unintended but I was like, that's pretty humorous. And I'm... <laughs> No, I get it. It was probably it was the name of the horse in the book, I'm sure, and yeah. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have any like racial over or undertones. That's for sure. No, no, no. Um, (laughs) That's not the intention. Like we're having fun with it, but like that's not at all what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so funny. Um, (laughs) yeah, I think we're out of things. Yeah, sure. Let's get let's get into our final verdicts here, shall we? All right, Reggie. We both said a lot of things about the 
original and the remake. Uh, or let me start that again. So we both said a lot of things about the remake. Uh, ultimately, what do you think, Reggie? Should they have made this movie? This is um, one of those times where I'm going to say that they should have made the remake. Um, I have some of my gripes about intros and outros, but everything in between felt pretty good to me as a movie. And um, after doing some research on the film and actually some of what they did with that material afterwards in Hollywood, this is a much better interpretation of some of that material than what actually happened with like sequels and things like that with True Grit. I don't want to bring too much of that up, but like they uh, they kind of milked it and made some weird choices. So this movie was good, and I have no problem with it existing. I just had some problems with some of the tone and, you know, intros and outros, but overall, great great movie. Yeah, so after I watched the original, I was trying to think, what can the remake really do to, to warrant it being made? And the main thing I could really think of, because I really liked the story of the original. I thought, like you said, uh, just the portrayal, or just having Maddie be this driving force, this young girl. So I thought maybe just maybe just the acting, and maybe just a little bit of the action. And you definitely get that with the remake, hands down. So this is this was uh, this was a good remake. It wasn't perfect, but I definitely recommend it. I think it was pretty good. It was enjoyable to watch. Definitely with the portrayals. Jeff Bridges as Rooster Cogburn is highly enjoyable to watch. Matt Damon is just a ridiculous dumbling doofus who has a good arc. And Haley Steinfeld, her portrayal is actually a 14-year-old girl, and she's solid the entire film. I do wish they kept some things from the original, and I'm sort of on the same boat as you. Like, I don't have so much issue with the intro, but the ending, <clears throat> but the ending definitely left me a little cold. I wish they had done something a little more happier at the end, I suppose. Yeah. But overall, it was, it was a fun ride. I think it makes sense for a modern movie audience. I think people are going to like the the portrayals in general the three leads are strong as hell and they're a lot more memorable than they were in the original no i completely completely agree it's just um you know sometimes remakes have you know a bad name to them you know Mm -hmm. we've gone over some decent ones on this podcast we've gone over some really bad ones this definitely goes under the category of actually good Mm -hmm. if not remakes and I'm glad that they did it. Yeah. Like we said, there's definitely issues with it. It's not a perfect remake. And there's stuff in the original I liked that the remake didn't do. But overall, uh, again, it just comes back to that acting. They, they gave the characters a little more to do. It was a little more humorous. It works more for a modern audience. You might not buy some of the stuff that the original does because it does come across as a little bit cheesy sometimes. And uh, it's just not as gritty. Is that yeah. remake? And when you caught a movie called True Grit, Reggie, you need something with a little grit. And uh, the remake definitely has that. You got to chop off a fourteen-year-old girl's arm. That's <laughs> that's grit. That's true grit. True grit. And, like even the scene where they're like gonna rip out Labeef's tongue. I was like, oh shit, man! <laughs> I don't remember this, but damn. And honestly, when I watch the two films, like you know, I'm not sure uh, the original authors portrayal but like when i think about true grit and both films do this very well i think about the maddie uh maddie ross character mm. way more than cogburn you know cogburn sure he's old-time western guy he's, he's he's gritty but like to be so young and to take on so much um 
that to me felt like the real true grit, and I'm, I'm glad that we watched this, uh, these films. Yeah. It really is a compelling story, just watching this young girl take charge. And then, not to knock her again, but, you know, Haley Steinfeld is the age, the appropriate age, as opposed to Kim Darby, who was 22 with a kid and in the process of getting divorced at the time. So she's she's seen a thing or two at that yeah. age. Yeah, it's all about the Maddie character, and she's done really well in both mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, and Steinfeld had a pretty decent career since then. Yeah. You know? I watched... Uh, the Edge of Seventeen recently. She's pretty good in that. She was in yeah. the Bumblebee movie. I didn't see that, but <laughs> I was looking at that on IMDb. It was like, wow, still, still going at it. So yeah, kudos. Yeah, she she was really good in the uh, remake. So that Oscar nomination was definitely warranted. It was, it was good. Anything else? Oh, should we go over some of these random facts that I found on IMDb? Yeah, let's go over some of these random facts. Okay, most of these facts are about the original. <laughs> We sort of said we liked Kim Darby's performance and what she did with Maddie, but not everybody did. Who didn't <laughs> like Kim Darby? Well, John Wayne, for one, was disappointed by the casting of uh, Kim Darby. Also, the director did not like Kim Darby. So you have uh, <laughs> the main lead and the director not liking the, our lead actress. I thought that was interesting. And John Wayne did not only have a beef with Kim Darby, but he also didn't get along with Robert Duvall. <laughs> he okay. did not like the finished film. <laughs> he had a lot of issues with this, but he still got his Oscar. So what does that matter? Because um, at the time, a lot of the stuff he was doing was like, because he was basically a Hollywood institution at the time. Mm-hmm. He had his own sort of like in-house writers for a lot of things. And this was written by a different team and he had a lot of um um apprehension about playing rooster when it got closer to filming it he really didn't know what he was going to do yeah. so you know i'm glad he just stuck to what he always does <laughs> uh, no knock on john wayne he was incredible but um we we know he was kind of a one-note actor yeah i think one reason he might not have liked kim darby is because he wanted and sort of promised that his his daughter that she could play the role of maddie Ooh. so that might have been like a personal reason he didn't I like, bet. Yeah, I'm sure that. And uh, the director, again, Harry Hathaway, another performance he didn't like in the film was Glenn Campbell. Mm. LaBeef. LaBeef. And speaking of LaBeef, another musician was supposed to originally portray him. That was Elvis Presley was originally going to be in LaBeef. That I feel like that would have been a completely different film because I feel like I would have been watching John Wayne and Elvis Presley with this little girl. <laughs> I would not have seen the character at all if Elvis yeah. was in this movie. The only reason he wasn't in it is because his manager wanted Elvis to get top billing. And that was that was a no-no around John Wayne. And honestly, I guess, you know, you never know. Like, sometimes a film will make you think a different way about someone and their acting abilities. But I have to imagine that it would have kind of tainted this film and we would have got a, a worse product. Yeah. I'm not saying that Elvis is a bad actor. It's just it's too much of that random over-the-top star power like mm-hmm. john wayne and elvis in a movie like that just sounds like a bad trivia night you know <laughs> okay the novel just takes place a lot in snowy conditions we didn't mention this but the remake does have a lot of snow mm-hmm. going on there's no snow in the original i guess it's just easier to do that with uh modern technology these days sure. oh and here's a here's here's some movie bar trivia for you in the original true grit rooster cogburn versus eye patch on the left eye 
and the remake of True Grit, he wears his eye patch on the right eye. So there you go. (laughs) There's your movie trivia for the bar. I was also reading um, that they made John Wayne's eye eye patch out of gauze Mm -hmm. so that he could actually see out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't have true grit. (laughs) Can't method act. He has to to see with both eyes. Okay. That's all I got with my (laughs) random facts. Before we leave, because... you know what? I, I just thought about this because I was giving the remakes ending a little bit of shit. John Wayne jumping over that that fence <laughs> and then that freeze frame. That was that was rough. <laughs> I mean, we already said it was cheesy as that was, well. That was yeah. It was to play on the joke because he she had said he was too fat to jump over uh three tier fence or something and he was able to do it, so he wasn't too fat at the end, I guess. I don't know. I guess not. That was the joke. That's the humor that we're dealing with in the 60s, so <laughs> definitely improved in the remake. That's for sure. <laughs> not 100%. All right, so do you want to figure out what movies we're going to look at next? Cool. Break out the old list. So we just did a Western. We're coming off of sci-fi. We're coming off of Westerns. We're coming off of horror. Might be time to go back into either like an action or like a comedic kind of a realm. What action? How about Death yeah. Wish. Death Wish, huh? Hmm. Isn't Bruce Willis in the remake? I think so. Oh, Death Wish remake. Yeah, boy, oh boy. You want to do Death Wish? Wait, um. Bad News Bears comedy. Bad News Bears is a comedy. Sports comedy. Are we to the point where we want to hit like an Oceans? I was looking at Oceans. You want to do Oceans? We, we kind of are. When, when did we do Italian Job? Because I feel like we've talked about a lot. But Oceans 11. It's a Little Shop of Horrors. Musical. Yeah, because it's not truly like a horror film. Um, yeah, it's not really a horror film. It's kind of a musical comedy, right? Cool. Let's do that. You want to do that one? Jack Nicholson's in the original. Nice. All right, All right. so we're, let's change it up completely, Reggie, and do sort of a musical here. Let's do a little shop of horrors. Can't beat it. All right. I like that. I like to kind of switch it up. Yeah, some... change it up from uh, all the action and depressing cowboy movies. Yeah, depressing, armless <laughs> uh, 14-year-olds. All right, yeah, a little levity in our lives. Yeah, all right. So let's do a little shop of horrors. That'll be a fun one. That concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. If you guys have any comments, did you agree with what we said? Disagree? Definitely let us know. Um, you can reach me, Dan Bulick, at Console Wars Guys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Console Wars. I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RP Comedy. Or check out my website, rpcomedy.com. And thanks for listening to another episode of Retro Retro vs. Remake. Remake. (laughs) I like the hand thing you're doing. Try to get the timing. That's good. (laughs) 